Welcome to Anne Double D, your go-to podcast for candid conversations. Dive deep with us into the heart of life's challenges, business hurdles, and the journey to better ourselves. Join us in exploring the art of living intentionally, finding balance, and enhancing not just your life, but your business and leadership skills. It's time to grow, to inspire, and to lead Anne Double D. Conversations that transform. Welcome back to Anne Double D, and I'm Dave Evans. And I'm Debbie Halls Evans. That's much better than the last episode, Debbie. Why is that? Well, we, we baffled it, didn't we? Oh, right, okay. All right, so this one is, well, actually... Debbie, are you all right? Yeah, why? I'm just checking your energy before we start. I'm good, thanks. Good, I'm just checking. You know, okay. Well-being and all that. Right, so we've got uh, the next 24 episodes are all about leadership or leadership. So yeah. what I wanted to do was um, do a little bit more about why... So why does this book exist? Explore it a little bit more, Dave. I'm actually going to interview you today. Okay. Uh, so I think that's quite a nice way of doing it, a little bit different. So I would like to start out is understanding, we shared why you wrote the book, mm -hmm. but I think what I would like to share is the thought process and um, you've brought the book down into eight faces. So the original when you started working on this. So why eight faces and what does that actually mean and your thoughts around it? Well, first of all, Debbie, you are attempting to write a book. So in your head, you have a structure that you're following, which is how many words do I have to target? What's realistic? And, and then when I started working back in terms of the purpose to the book, which, which was to redefine leadership in, in, the, you know, in the, whatever you call this century, right? Well, uh, the 21st century, love. Thank you. Right. Is it 21st? It's not the 22nd, is it? No, anyway. It's the 21st century. Yeah, it's 21st century. Right is how, how do you give people something to think about? Because there's so many opinions about leadership. And I ended up with eight faces because when I, I decided to have a thread that took a word and then contrasted a word, a bit like we did at the beginning of this podcast series, pick a word and you and I debated about it. Like that's where the faces came from. And even as simple as, you know, that, that battle between authentic or fake in chapter one is that how easy it is to misunderstand that, to give people the best view of both sides and then for them to make a choice. All right, so I want to just play around with or talk about what each one of them means. And, and using smart brevity, which we'll come back to shortly, but uh, you being less is more, dear, uh, in regards to is what each face means to you and any reflections you've had, because I think one of the things about a book, it's an evolving process. I think you know, things can change and your thought process might change. So let's talk about first face, and this is authentic or fake. So what does, in a sentence, what does that mean to you and how does it connect to leadership or leadership? Uh, firstly, in a sentence, that's a really good question because you, actually authenticity needs its own sentence, Debbie, and fake needs its own sentence too. But if you look at what the book, wrote, that chapter wrote about and what was I trying to express, I was trying to express what are you noticing? How much are you actually aware of that you're noticing? And what you're actually noticing, is it any good for you? Great. That was the most concise you've been in a long time. So let's keep that momentum, Dave, because yeah. this would be perfect for my timing of this podcast episode. Uh, selfish or selfless? Okay, I like this. This is, again, going to be beautifully challenging. Um, this is about realizing 
in an oxygen mask analogy, which you've all heard a hundred times probably over when you've been on airlines, if you're listening, is you can't help others if you don't help yourself. You also can't give what you haven't got left. All right, love it. That's a really good one. So motivation or mindset? Well, this was a big chapter and there's a realization that a lot of people are focused on being motivated and that the question that I felt like I really did ask people is, do you know what your own personal motivators are? So a definition of yeah. What's what are it? they? Personal success motivators. Okay. Uh, nice. And I think mindset could be a book in its own. You I do, don't yeah. believe you've actually talked about doing just a mindset book. I, so. Yep, I have. Yep. All right. So phase four or chapter four, which we've put in this um, updated version, is connected or cut off. Uh, there's, there's two things in the sentence. is to realize that your language drives connection. And then the second bit um, about this particular chapter is if you're not communicating, you are cutting people off. And if you cut people off, they fill in any gaps that you leave. So that in short, they, they make stuff up. And it's not their fault. It's because you left it open. Or didn't say. Or, or didn't say, yeah. Uh, yep, okay, so inspired or expired? Well, this is a real clean thing that now is all throughout our business, that you're either inspiring action creating hope, opportunity, moving forward, or you're creating slow, gradual expiration, a bit like life. Our life is all about that, Debbie. We will all die one day, but we're doing it to our leadership or to our businesses. So it's a super choice. Are you inspiring action or are you killing your people? Okay, maybe not that graphic. But anyway, I understand what you're actually saying. Well, it's, saying. it's also... To, are you slowing down and being the obstacle, etc.? I, I have to pause you for a second. I know you want to concisely but I, I remember and I can't wait to get George Powers back because uh, George inspired this whole conversation which I wrote about in the chapter of hope versus fear and fear having a bigger play in society in the world today where hope's supposed to be and how we can all do something with leadership 2.0 and flip it back the right way around and put hope first and kick fear to touch. Okay. And uh, the next one is meaningful or meaningless? Well, meaning, Debbie, we've started a whole new business called AND, which is all about meaning, running alongside our RLC Global. And that's how powerful meaning is. It's understanding that meaning is personal and it's asking people to remember that they are living their life once and it's up to you to decide what your meaning is and to then find ways to do that meaning. And also, I don't know why I've decided to interject on this one, but for meaningless is also, it's a definition of don't assume what somebody's meaning yeah, is. Yeah, correct. Really good one. Okay, final two. So the penultimate one, great word, uh, revolution or evolution? This chapter was motivated by the seven blockbuster principles of writing a good movie script, which you can also find in Donald Miller's story brand, a version of that. And what I find really interesting is that Donald Miller and I had the same feeling on these words, this new equilibrium. But we only get to that equilibrium in the next chapter when we realize that a revolution is sometimes needed to throw everything out and start again. But for most of us, if we start evolving, 
incrementally, one piece at a time, we take away change, we take away fear, and we make things possible and plausible, and people feel okay about it. So it's giving people a clean choice of how to do that. And then the final one is reality or illusion. Well, we often find ourselves um, kidding ourselves with the wrong things. So I'm all for positive distortions, but it's much quicker, just like uh, Jim Collins says, deal with the brutal facts in his book, Good to Great and Built to Last, that your reality is your reality. Pretending it's something different is the biggest, make you can, biggest mistake you can make in leadership and in business. And you've also got to know that it's, you can flip this both ways. An illusion is also sometimes something that other people can't see yet that you know is possible. So you've got to, you've got to lean into both. But nonetheless, if you have an illusion about what type of leader you are and everybody around you thinks a different story and you're afraid to ask, you're never going to develop your leadership. Okay, so you just become leader shit under illusion. Correct. So um, I'm going to break this into three parts. So now we've got an understanding of where the eight faces and what people could take away from them as well. We also, um, on this new edit, we structured the book very, very differently. Um, and for me, this was really important. So we know, after coaching people for many years, nearly two decades now, is that people take information differently. So the structure of the book was um, in three three ways, ultimately. So we have a speed read section, so yeah. which we've never seen in another book, which I would love. I've heard it in audio books and summaries. You love Blinkist, that do, kind of yeah. thing. So we wanted to create a kind of tangible Blinkist, ultimately. Um, and we put a speed read. So literally the whole book can be read in under 15 pages. So if you're the type of person like you, who probably wouldn't read a whole book, um, it's perfect for that. But also we have for somebody who likes me, who likes the long form form, um, it means I can also read all of the details. So you could read both or separate. So in re on reflection, now you see the tangible book in your hand. Does it give the effect that you wanted it to do with the speed reading? Yeah, you also have the going deeper. I've not got that yet. Oh, right. Sorry. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. Because I, I think Blinkist, Blinkist and Headway or any other summary reading book app um, are two of my favorites. I use them both, which is really ridiculous. I should use one or the other, but I like them both. I, I use the books to, 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 when I'm using that service myself, to summarize, see what I'm interested in, and then dive in, right? And if I really like a summary book, I listen to it, the whole book when I'm writing, and I combine my hobbies and my learning, and I put them together. Um, whereas... You've done that in this book, you and Rachel as part of the edit, and I think that's fabulous. So you really can take a light look. You can take action with what you read, even in the summary. You can, you know, it points you straight at the personal success motivators where you can take a summary think, well, what are mine, even without diving in. And then later, when you've got more time, you can take a little bit of a look. So there's two other things I wanted to talk about in regards to the structure of the book. And one of the things was a book that had a really powerful impact on me and you and our business and our business uh, was Smart Brevity. Mm -hmm. Now, Smart Brevity is ultimately why, what, why. We already use the format structure, so Benice McCarthy's why, what, how, what, if in a lot of um, our structure and how we work through process. So in Smart Brevity, one of the things that I'd asked uh, us to do when you were rewriting it was to really look at the tools and techniques that you offer because this is packed full of tools and techniques. Yeah. And we call that go deeper. Um, knowing... 
and I don't, oh, I don't know if you've got this actually open on your page, but on the go deeper you have, which is for you, if there was one thing, I've, I've put you on the spot because I'm not even asked I was going to tell you this, but of those things of going deeper and referencing and using, which would you refer to? I'm going to double check the one I've chosen to is my answer. I'm actually doing this literally real time because you probably could guess which one I'm choosing, Debbie. Altitude cycling endurance experience. It is because yeah. it was so hard. And, and, and I, that story, without me even going over it again, was I learned so many lessons. I'm not even turning to it. I learned so many lessons by failing at a road race, feeling lonely in the Alps, changing so many decisions in my life for the positive, which you were part of, Debbie, you know, you were a co-conspiracy and all those changes for the good. And, and then taking on Mount Evans, which is really funny when you think about the name of it, and then learning from it and then applying the lessons and getting a totally better result. So for me, I turned to that. So, because, you know, I, I had to make my commitment to that Mount Evans ride, as you know, you were there before we landed in Denver. My prep was before, you know, the, all the lessons that are in the book, I did those things. And I apply those two to business today, those same exact lessons. And again, we've broke it down in the book because the why, so if we follow the, the smart brevity structure is, the why is defining leadership 2.0. That's yep. the reason why the book was written. Yep. And the what is definitively the eight faces. And then the next why is using tools and techniques to actually achieve those results, which is ultimately what go deeper section is. Yep. But we have always been a firm believer that we give techniques and tools to people so that they can help themselves first yeah and I think the book is a really great example of that now the next bit I want to do is I want to talk about the three key elements around leadership 2.0 and any thoughts that you've got around that but I do just want to highlight is that the series of this the podcast for leadership leadership will also include all of the people uh, co-conspirators as you would call yourself as you've just said about me with you and um, but people that have also worked through with you as either consults or clients and also that they're sharing their perspective so we are going to bring those in as guests as well around each face of the um, leadership or leadership so we're going to have some really good discussions and find out what they have learnt as well so that's coming in the ensuing um, episodes so back to my next question is leadership 2.0 so understanding it you then created a very definitive statement about what it is for you can i answer that in a minute if you want i want to call comment on what you just said i think one of my favorite parts of the rewrite of the book before we come to what leadership 2.0 is was going, going to those contributors that you mentioned who are listed in the book and, um, and being able to find out from them uh, answers to questions. You know, why did you read that chapter? Why did you pick that as your favourite? What did yeah. you take from it? And I think those interviews are a magic part of the book because it's real people. Well, yeah, it's real life. It's related. It's real life, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's what we... But I also, I'd also like to thank Debbie. You know, I, there's all kinds of stuff that happened in this book. The first version was writ for, written in 2017. It was rushed to press um, because a, an organization called PASBA wanted a book for my keynote speech. And it was really important to get, to get that done for them. But I, I did it in such a way where um, that, you know, the book wasn't quite right. And I, I left it far too long to give it what we've now done to give it the credence, the credibility, the depth, the richness, the structure that it has today. 
and, and so to have some of those people who were also involved in it then be able to contribute has, has given me a huge amount of delight and satisfaction. So I now answer your question. That'd be super. Uh, leadership 2.0 is modeling the leadership required of your time regardless of the consequences. I'm pausing because most people hear that and usually go, ouch. So why did you write it was the question. That was just the statement of what it is. So share why you wrote it. Why, why, it why did I say Well, I think, I think around the world today, leadership is changing. And, and I think that, that the generations coming through in the world who are younger, they're more sophisticated with tech, they're aware of more information, and they look at us as leaders and they make decisions about us and they don't even have to tell us anymore because they already know. And it forces us to model better and it forces us to do a better job. And therefore, we've got to stand up for the things that are the right thing to stand up for. We have to do that. And, you know, we were at a conference recently at um, Forest and they talked about a great session about covering or uncovering, didn't they? Yeah. A brand new concept. I'd never heard those words that way before. And how covering is when you don't speak up for something. And I think in, in leadership today, the leaders who are following you who are self-leading, are looking for you to do that. They're looking for you to stand up for what is right, regardless of the risks that sometimes might come with that. Okay. So the final part I wanted to go through was we defined three key areas around what um, could be what we classed in the book as power tools. Yeah. And they were straight talking, values and feedback. So if yep. there was three things somebody really wants to take away from leadership or leadership or how can I be a really great leader? Um, we defined and again, this, you know, there's several, probably 20 or 30 in the book. But yeah. these three, if you nail these, you know that you're going to be able to deliver leadership 2.0. So talk to me about each of those. So straight talking first. What does that actually mean to you and why is it important? I, th I think straight talking uh, has lots of personal meanings for me, ranging from not fluffing your lines when, when BS is in the room. That's hard, right? Well, you, 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 you have a feeling in your gut and you think something's not right, yet the language being used is either agreement or going along with and you, you get caught in that tide. And then afterwards you realize that it was just language going along with the flow, flow, the ebbs and flow of the conversation. And you should have stopped, paused and said, hold on, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't sound right or whatever it is. And have the, have the real conversation in the room. That's the first part. That's tough. It's really tough to do. It's also one of our values as a business. Yeah. And I think straight talking, and we've always debated this, is that you know people say it's candor, it's ambiguous, it's, that's ambiguous because ultimately my candor is different than your candor. And um, I think it's important that we understand that straight talking is always from a basis of respect. It us. is, yeah. And I think that's where it gets lost in ego or I'm more important, I'm the boss, listen to, you know, listen to me. So I think... Straight talking is really important. Hierarchical candor is leader shit. Mm, yeah, completely. I agree with that. Um, values. Values are really interesting because if you think of all the people we've coached over 20 years, um, lots of people think they know what their values are, but they seldom give it the definition needed to make it easy to do daily. And one of the ways you can really improve your values as a leader uh, is to listen fully, listen till the other person's finished, and then use your values 
to decide what you heard, listened to, agree with, and filter. So that's the bit we often miss, Debbie, with values. They really are a guide, but you've got to get clear what your own values are so that you can be them. And, this, and they're very personal, but they should be the same in the workplace as they are at home. I agree with that. And what we also coach is, you know, we can have many values, but what are your core values? And yeah. I think, you know, getting to understand if you can make decisions from a base of value, you'll always feel comfortable about whatever that decision, even if it goes wrong, it's still from a values led perspective and a value for twice, twice in my corporate career, Debbie, I worked for a company and they're two different brands where the job was the appeal, the opportunity was the appeal. But what went wrong at its absolute core, and I wasn't mature enough to realize at the time, was there was a values clash in the business to what my personal values were. And hindsight is the only thing that I have today to explain that. If you're a young leader today, you can work that out in advance. And I really do encourage you, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I want to move my career on, make sure the organization you're going to has a synonymous or similar value set that doesn't have hidden differences because in the end you'll clash okay and then the final one which i know is one that's really important to you is feedback this one's really different it's a leader's job to ask this one question first now before i tell you what the question is and i know you know debbie but if you're listening right is i want to be really clear you ask this first. The leader goes first. Simon Sinek says leaders go first. This is one of those things you go first with. Yeah, it just says leaders eat last. Oh, yeah, great. But we're not eating, Debbie, at the moment. He also does say leaders go first in terms of looking in the mirror. Uh, well, maybe we'll have to anyway, ask him. Anyway, let's carry yeah. on, yeah. Um, you get the principle, right? So you ask this before, before you ask it of somebody else. And the question is this. How do I change? Now, the ending of that sentence is up to you, right? But if you want to be really pure and say it how I intended as the writer, it goes like this. How do I change to help you achieve your goals? What do I need to do different? And as a leader, getting good at asking that question isn't getting good at how you sound, your tone, your, you know, your modality. This is actually getting comfortable with it and being open to whatever comes back at you. If you want to ask somebody to be open to stretch development or improvements in their career, in their role, in their life, John Maxwell says, if you ask somebody for their deepest, darkest secret goal or dream and they don't tell you, that's the biggest clue you need about the depth of your relationship. And he's right. The way you build that relationship is to ask that question. How do I change? And that's leadership 2.0. So we're now coming to the end of this episode. I think understanding why the book was created. 23 why it was minutes. Yes. Why it was re-edited. Yeah. Um, the structure of the book and why we've created it in this speed read 
um, smart brevity, but also the ability to actually learn and enhance method skill and magic for myself. And also now understand very clearly what Leadership 2.0 means and how we can actually just focus on values, straight talking and feedback. Now, of course, we'd love people to buy the book, but if you don't not buy the book, you're going to actually experience the book through and through. So this is not an audio book podcast. It's actually sharing everybody's experience of the book from you writing it to us editing it to also the people that are using the book to help themselves in business. Anything you would like to say, because you like a good mic drop, Dave, so anything you'd like to finish on? Leadership is about extending your influence. It's about your ability to improve your methods. It's your ability to apply skill. And the purpose of applying skill, Debbie, is to use skill as your reflex. As a leader, it's often really difficult to realize that in intense moments you should be using skill, but you find yourself relying on natural ability or experience. You should be using natural ability experience through a skill. So method and skill. And then the other part to that is to then make sure as a leader to extend your influence. You're using the best skills you can to deal with your own head trash, deal with your own interference, and to be able to open up your mind to seeing a situation as it actually is so that you can get to the magic. There's nothing better than seeing leaders who are wide open, uh, are compassionate, they've got the ability to empathize, and people responding to that to see a team come together and grow. And that's the bit that Leadership 2.0 gives you. The whole book is for personal consumption, so you can build your skill, make your choices, and be better at leadership. Thank you for tuning in to Anne.DoubleD. For ongoing inspiration, follow us at Anne.Scott on Instagram and online. Keep going, keep inspiring, until our next episode.